Welcome back to I Cry at Work. I'm your host, Carrie Ann Cashon. If you're new here, this is a podcast about corporate America and the great resignation, where I talk about the state of the American workplace and really America in general. And up until this point, I've mainly just been expressing my millennial frustration about everything going on because therapy isn't cheap, you know? Once again, America. But like a lot of other millennials, I want to do more than just vent. I often find myself asking the question, what can I do about it? And aside from voting, the answer to all the issues that millennials are facing always seems to be the same thing. Sorry, you're SOL. An entire generation just shit out of luck. As if we had any ounce of luck left in us. Or motivation. And somewhere out there in the world is a management consultant. Popping a natty in first class, trying to figure out why that is. Why, oh why, this generation, which comprises the majority of the workforce, has no motivation. Have they really not figured it out yet? They've had three fucking years. So I guess I'll fill them in. What's causing burnout is the widespread adoption of prioritizing profit over people in this country. That's it. That's all it is. And before anyone tries to kick me out of the country for saying that, calm down. Before you get squeamish, let me explain. Letting my red, white, and blue shine through like the 4th of July. I'm not saying profit's bad. The fact of the matter is, you have to make a profit to even have people. You have to prioritize it. That is true. That's why profit in and of itself isn't a bad thing. And the practice of prioritizing profit alone isn't causing all of our issues. It's the state that it's in. Making a profit isn't what's causing burnout. Increasing a profit is what's causing burnout. Think about it. We have to pay for things in order to live here in the good old U.S. of A. We have to make money to survive because America. So before we work to secure that money, we take out a loan from a corporation that's trying to increase their profit so we can pay to get a degree from a university who's trying to increase their profit so we can secure a job from a corporation who's trying to increase their profit so we can pay for health insurance from a corporation who's trying to increase their profit so we can pay for rent from an entity trying to increase their profit so we can pay for food produced by a corporation who's trying to increase their profit so we could pay for childcare from an entity who's trying to increase their profit. So we can keep working for a corporation who's trying to increase their profit. So we can pay off the loan we got from a corporation trying to increase their profit to work for a corporation trying to increase their profit. See how fucking stupid that sounds? <laughs> you know what would make it not sound so stupid? Replacing increase their profit with make a profit which is a concept that used to be a lot more widespread in this country. Because of one thing. Small businesses. At one point, 
the heart of American commerce. In 1958, small business made up 57% of America's GDP. In 2014, that was 43.5%. And I don't think there's anyone listening to this that's surprised by that stat somehow. We all know small businesses have been declining for decades. But here's a stat that probably would surprise you. For the past 25 years, small businesses account for 66% of new jobs created. That's two out of three of the new jobs created in this country were done so by small businesses over the past 25 years. Hmm. So if year over year, big companies are bringing in more money and small companies are bringing in less, wouldn't you think the new jobs would come from the group that's, I don't know, getting richer? I mean, I'm no economist. I did, however, pay thousands of dollars to take gen ed economics classes in college only to still not know the difference between macro and micro. Got a 50-50 shot, though. So maybe I'm ill-equipped, but wouldn't you think the new jobs would be coming from the group that's making more money, that's getting richer? You know, big companies. Nope, because revenue hits top line. Adding employees to your payroll hits bottom line. Tale of two sides always is. Who's going to get promoted to be the next company president? Sales or ops always comes down to it. But for these big companies, they're not creating new jobs because increasing revenue year over year isn't their goal. Increasing profit year over year is. Sure, they'll have other goals on a list, but the list is in order by priority. The number one goal? Increase profit. Publicly traded companies? Increase earnings per share quarter over quarter. Venture capital? Increase company valuations so that your equity will make profit from the time you invested to when it gets acquired or goes public. Private equity? Increase profit from the time you acquire the business to when you want to sell it to another or go public. Small business, on the other hand, has a different list of goals. Number one, make profit. Big difference. Because wanting to make profit first instead of increase profit first is actually kind of prioritizing people. Because you have to make profit to keep people. But to increase profit, you got to cut people. See the difference? And that's the difference that it can make in our society. Maybe even solve the great resignation? I don't know. Maybe just make a dent. It's better than what the fucking Deloitte people come up with. Let me explain. The main issue people are having with work is that they feel like their employer and employment in general, has too much control over their lives. Because in a lot of ways, it does. And over the past few years, that became very evident for a lot of people. Need to pay your bills with 9% inflation? Sorry, it's up to your employer. 
want to spend a non-paid working hour each day with your child instead of, I don't know, in traffic? Up to your employer. Need to have a surgery? Another point on the board for your employer. Need time to grieve the loss of a loved one to COVID? <sighs> Once again, employer. The power work has over our lives is most evident by the fact that so many people right now are overworked, super stressed, anxious, depressed, seriously burnt out working right now. And the one thing they need for their health to improve is a break. To spend some time away from work. To heal from the burn they got from work. But they can't. Unable to. Instead, they just have to keep burning. Because they have to pay for things. But that's where it gets interesting. Where the tables can turn. If so many of our problems are the result of companies seeking to increase profit, as opposed to just make a profit, and we have to keep working for those companies in order to pay for goods and services, the same goods and services that they sell, hmm, who has control now? Because there's one thing all companies have in common. Publicly traded, venture capital, private equity, small businesses. They all have one thing that determines their success. Consumers. Our time to shine. Every company is at the mercy of consumers. Even De Beers, the literal monopoly of diamonds. That's us. We have some actual power. All the big companies are like, don't tell them. It's an old concept that just needed a reboot season. Voting with your dollar. Voting with your wallet. It's 2022. Vote with your Bitcoin. I don't know, Doja, whatever you want to go with. And I think this concept is very prevalent when it comes to sustainability. I think we all know of a friend that only buys products made of certain materials and packaging and manufacturing and ingredients and all of that's fantastic. Keep it up. That's great. But we could do so much more. Because it's one thing to know what a brand stands for. It's another to know the company behind the brand. Because more often than not, the brands we're all familiar with are owned by much larger corporations and entities. We all have a pair of Vans sitting in our closet. Is it Vans or is it VF Corporation? Publicly traded. They also own North Face. Is it a KitchenAid mixer or is it Whirlpool Corporation? Public. Also owning Whirlpool and Maytag. Is it a Fender guitar? Or is it Servco Pacific Capital? <laughs> See why they went with Fender. Private equity. They also own Harley Davidson. Is it a shirt from Nasty Gal? Or is it a shirt from Boohoo Group? Publicly traded. Yes, that Boohoo. That one brings me to the real discussion of today's podcast with my first guest. 
Maggie Gelson. Maggie owns a badass women's clothing line that I've been following along with and buying from since she launched it earlier this year. And I asked her to come on the show and be a guest because her brand is a perfect example of voting with your dollar and the power of supporting small businesses. And so if we can just start to highlight the good businesses and start to research ones that we maybe don't want to support, we could do some good stuff. So let's get into it. Here's my conversation with Maggie. Maggie, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. I'm very excited to have you, but you know who's actually more excited, I bet, is the people that actually listen to this podcast. <laughs> because they are probably so fucking sick of hearing my voice for like nine episodes straight that they're like, thank God. This girl is on instead of her and her sarcasm and bad jokes. Well, fingers crossed. I mean, I, you know, you've set the bar high, so I don't want to, don't want to disappoint. No, I think you will absolutely deliver. I actually looked at your uh, Instagram bio before this and it literally said professional bitcher. You like should do this instead of me. Like you're overqualified. It is my job. 100%. Oh my That's all I do is bitch about like everything in my life. So yeah, this is a very good opportunity for me. Well, I am really excited to have you on because Obviously, I'm a, I buy your stuff, and I know you launched this brand. But before I get to your brand, because I'm so excited to talk about it, we have to talk about it. Horrifying Midwest real estate. I love it. Um, I'm glad that somebody enjoys them aside from myself. But yeah, you know, I literally just spend. I spend so much time on Zillow. I'm on Zillow every single day. It's all? like I'll log on to Zillow after I get on Instagram in the morning, and so I basically just started doing these TikToks because I was like. These homes are not for real, man. Like, they, they're not for real, right? Like, when people would put their homes on the market like that, I was just like, no fucking way. So I was like, I have to, like, start making this into something comedic and, like, offers a little bit of comedic relief. So I started doing that. And then people, you know, responded really well and they really liked them. So I was like, oh, OK, shit. Like, I might as well continue doing these if I'm going to be on Zillow every day, you know, anyway. But, yeah, I'm just excited to, like, keep it going and hopefully offer a little bit of hilarity it is literally so like just for people listening it is literally like segment on your instagram and like tiktok i presume that is truly like horrifying homes in the midwest i just saw the one you did with the green carpet literally every single fucking room like the kitchen the bathroom literally different greens yeah different green yeah. yeah, I'm like, what goes through someone's brain when they're like designing these homes? And more so, I can't imagine being a realtor on these homes. Like, <laughs> like can you imagine being the agent, the listing agent on these homes and having to sell a home that has like green shag, pukey colored carpet? For me, that, that's hilarious. Like, so. like the one you did with the basketball court. How the fuck do you like how the realtor like it could be a nursery? You know? It was a full school that they like remodeled into a house. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. So, and a poor yeah. realtor has to walk in and be like, there's lots of potential. Yeah. <laughs> oh so, my gosh. So if, if anyone uh, needs go to serotonin, please go to yours. Because I've seen them all. I watch them all the time. They're fantastic. But aside from that, that pursuit, <laughs> I obviously want to talk about your actual new boutique yeah. and brand. I fucking love sure. so much. So I guess first, kind of give an overview of like what it is, what it's called. You yeah, know? sure, sure, sure. So my brand is called Fuck Girl, the label. And 
Fuck Girl was basically birthed um, out of this idea of kind of going against the grain, right? And it's, you know, spelled F-C-K. So, you know, obviously I couldn't get like a business license with the word it. <laughs> I tried, believe me. It did not work out. It's so funny. Like the state, you know, like treasurer, whoever like gives out business licenses in Illinois was like, yeah, fuck no. Like, sorry. <laughs> it was like really pulling teeth to get F-C-K approved. So, uh, so yeah. Fuck Girl, the label, it kind of just like came out of me during COVID. I was living in New York and then COVID happened. I was furloughed from all of my jobs and I moved back to the Midwest. And I like literally had to move back in with my parents. And, you know, and they're great. They're lovely people and took me in. But, you know, nobody wants to do that. So I was just like thinking about this idea of um, a label because I actually had I know everybody went through this during COVID where we all just like spent all this money like on clothes with the hope that like we would have somewhere to wear them eventually. So I basically went on this like huge shopping spree on Nasty Gal, right? Which like everybody knows and, you know, it's like now I probably wouldn't throw a single nickel at Nasty Gal. But like, you know, back then I was just like, whatever. So I bought this shirt and it was just this white T-shirt with black writing that says um, it said, fuck what you heard on it. I still have it. And I paid like, you know, $18 for it or whatever. So it comes in the mail. I open it up and I realize that it is literally just like a Gildan brand t-shirt. Oh my God. It has like black lettering on it. And I was like, I basically had this moment where I was like, I could do this. And then um, basically like one November night, I like called up this girlfriend of mine who owned a boutique in the Quad Cities. And I was like can I just pick your brain? And she was like, absolutely, like, have at it. So she told me everything, basically, that I would need to know to start my own boutique online. And, um, you know, it's, it's, she had a brick and mortar. So there are some nuances that are a little different. But basically, she told me everything in this hour and a half phone call that I needed to, like, move forward with it. So um, had that phone call basically just like put my head down for six months, like worked on it, website ready, worked on the branding with a girl um, who I like literally I found on TikTok. But that's like how it began was like this idea of this really shitty T-shirt that I was so mad at. I love that you just like called someone that's in this space because I think that is so underestimated. I think it's hard for people if you don't know exactly what questions you want to ask to feel confident enough to be like, hey, could we just talk about running a business and like a boutique? And when the people actually have the guts to do that, like it pays fucking dividends. It's so powerful. Yeah, you're exactly right. You know, my friend was just so she was so willing to like help me with any obstacle I had. And when I was starting my boutique in the first like, I would say like maybe the three weeks leading up to when it launched, she was instrumental in helping me get things off the ground and like telling me about different brands, all of that. So, you know, it's these people who are in your corner that are kind of silently living there for years end up being like the most valuable people that you can imagine. So yeah, it was, I just feel really lucky that I had people who were able and willing to help me. So many of us do have friends that are perfect example of why humanity is not like in the shitter, you know, like. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I absolutely love this brand. So just so everyone knows, because I didn't preface it earlier, how we know each other is through the wonderful pageant <laughs> system of the Miss America program. And we could talk, I mean, that could be an entire podcast. Yeah, in and say we should just do a whole other episode. <laughs> oh my God. The work we have all had to do on ourselves <laughs> yeah. over the years. Whew. But 
if I were to guess, because also it's worth mentioning, we did the we did the pageants when they had a swimsuit competition. Yes, correct. So if yeah. I were to guess, that probably had a had an impact on you starting this brand because I know you have tons of messaging on like body positivity and like celebrating that women's bodies changing, which we love to see. But I would love to hear like, did pageants have a big effect? How did that kind of play into this? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, pageantry was basically the whole backbone of this project and sort of, I always say like, you know, Fuck Girl was never really intended to be this like money making machine or like this thing that got me out of my corporate job. But it was always intended to be this project that basically helped me kind of undo all of the things that I had learned in pageantry and sort of unlearn all of that. So, um, so yeah, you know, the, the whole premise of like, you know, being a fuck girl, like, you know, people always ask me like, what does that even mean? You know? And I always say like during COVID, I was, I was texting this one guy and I, I remember him asking me like, what is a, what's a fuck boy? And I was like, it's basically a man who does whatever he wants. And then I was like, that is what I should name my boutique. You know, like, I just remember being like, what if women applied the same kind of structure to our lives? And so, you know, pageantry basically instilled in me, you know, well, it gave me a lot of like, you know, valuable things and and friendships and, you know, obviously connections like this. It also pageantry made me give a lot of fucks about a lot of stupid shit same and it made me care way too much about what other people thought of me and it's sort of like at the end of the day you know at a pageant you're sort of just like trying to appease these five random strangers usually people who are like completely irrelevant um you know and so like for me pageantry became this thing that like, as I look back on, you know, as I began to look back on it and sort of like unlearn all of those things, it became this thing that I was sort of like, I really want to preach from the mountaintops how people can like not get into that process of thinking and how women can avoid that, that kind of like structure of always wanting to please everyone else before they please themselves. So Fuck Girl definitely came from like, this idea of just not giving a fuck anymore of what people thought of me. And, you know, there's so many people I know in the pageant community who are definitely uncomfortable with what I've done and definitely uncomfortable with what I've chosen to call it and, you know, how I've chosen to brand it and like all of that. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, I would say I, <laughs> I am an honest person. Like, I will be blatantly honest about everything. It's probably one of my like best and worst qualities. And like, me keeping to myself what pageantry did to me and how it affected me was serving nobody. So, you know, this basically was just kind of the like passion project of unlearning the shit that I learned in pageants. So yes, definitely very influenced by, by my time in pageantry. I just love that you're channeling that energy in a way that not only helps you heal, helps you get in a better mindset. It helps people more beneficial for me knowing I'm supporting you and a cause and like an actual person. Um, but so I wanted to talk about something specifically kind of on this on this piece, because I feel like the way you are running your business is so refreshing, but also what people want. And one of the things that I definitely want to highlight, because it was this moment I saw on your Instagram feed for your brand that I was like, this is beautiful. And I don't know when it was, but it, you were describing some changes to the brand, like it was packaging and new new collection drop and stuff. So I remember you said you had a little bit about being sustainable. And 
every fucking corporation on the goddamn planet is saying they are dedicated to sustainability. Yeah, of course. And they continue <laughs> to put more and more plastic shit in the world every fucking year. Yeah. And so it's exhausting. We're all sick of this whole like words and actions mismatch. But like you did it so authentically. Cause you're like, I actually am trying to do something sustainable. I'm also trying to promote like body positivity and women's bodies changing over time. However, the reality is you do have to run a business. And so you're like, look, I can't afford to take stuff back and give you cash. Like, I'll give you store credit. I'm like, I'm going to do what I, I can. But you described it and it just like so helped put it together. Like, no, you actually are trying to be sustainable, but you're also describing like the business piece behind that. And I think that is so refreshing to consumers because I think like, you know, I run a business too. Like, I think as business owners, we get in this mindset of like what the consumer demands based on other corporations like Amazon. Yeah, absolutely. Like we think we have to provide two-day shipping or less because Amazon has done that, but they're also fucking Amazon. They get monopoly lawsuits against them. Like we're not, that's, it's not possible. And I think we've put this like false expectation on the business owner that like, oh, I have to do that. And it, it turns out like when you do it like you did, that you're describing very authentically to a consumer why it might not be two days or why you can't give cash and you'll give store credit or whatever, consumers are on board. Like, yeah, you know, like yeah. as, as long as you bring them along, I think it's like, it's not true that they won't accept not two-day shipping, especially when they know it's coming from like a human. Yeah, definitely. You know, one of the things that was like super important to me when I started um, this boutique was like, you know, I... I knew that I wanted it to be sustainable in some way. I knew that I wanted it to be, you know, I even toyed with like doing sort of like a, a thrift kind of like an online thrift store type thing um, before I even decided to source from, you know, the people who I do source from now. And, you know, back when I was thinking along those lines, I was just like, you know, that's just not for me. That's not sustainable long term. There are people out there who could do that for me. That's not how I want this business to be run. And so I thought to myself, like, how could I bring like a piece of that, a piece of like this sort of like thrift shop vibe into this vibe also of like this is core collection pieces, like core pieces and statement pieces that women are going to feel great in. Um, and how can we also meet women halfway where, you know, we understand that like body types do change and um, there are seasons for specific types of clothing and there are seasons for you know, the way that you look and the way that you feel. So basically the the whole concept that was built behind this was um, a program within the website that is kind of still in its like early, you know, phases of being built, but it's, you know, it hopefully will launch by October is kind of my goal. But it's basically the, you know, this sort of thrift program within the website that's um, where you can actually send back like, lightly used clothing from fuck girl and get store credit for it and then we will resell the piece of clothing that you've given us mm -hmm. so if there are people out there i've had people who have messaged me on instagram saying hey i would love to support your brand but i actually only support like super eco sourced um you know manufacturers and i'm like yeah i totally get it like everybody's got their ethos around you know what they're consuming and that's and that is you know, fair to the consumer. They they have that ability mm -hmm. to make their own ethos for themselves when they are thinking about what they want to buy. Um, however, you know, for myself, I was sort of like, listen, I get it. I totally understand. I still have a business to run and I can meet you halfway. 
that's sort of my offering to people who do want to be more eco-friendly, who do want to, you know, kind of, like you said, vote with their dollar and sort of be able to, you know, support a business that is trying to recycle clothing rather than just push out like really fast fashion pieces. Yeah. Um, So that was kind of like the gently used program will be coming soon to the website. And I'm actually super excited about it. I have like a few pieces that are, I'm, this is my office and I have a few pieces over there that I like, I'm really excited to put up there. So I'm really stoked for it. I think it'll be um, hopefully a hit, but like, yeah, you know, it's, it's all about like the authenticity behind that, that kind of program is like you, you know, running a business where people feel like they can connect to you and they can um, really support you in that way. Like connection is the biggest piece, you know, consumers want to feel like they're connected to the person they're buying from. And that's where like, you know, I don't connect worth a shit to Jeff Bezos, but like, you know, but I do fucking love two day shipping. Like, you know, it's kind of like there is a halfway point there even. So, you know, it's, um, there is kind of like, there's, I always tell people like, there's always going to be issues with like the way you consume, right? Like we live in America, there's really no like perfect way to be a consumer Um, but there are better ways to be a consumer so like there are ways that you can support small businesses and small business owners um and still you know be eco-friendly in the way that you're consuming a product um and then you still also can get your you know your bullshit on auto repeat from amazon if you want like you know whatever like you can you can be both that's sort of like be both is sort of my like mantra in my head at all times because it even goes back to like what you're saying about pageantry, like you get put into this little box, right? And business owners get put into a little box too, where like we are made to think that we have to do things X, Y, Z way because this person did them X, Y, Z way or um, or this boutique did it that way or like, you know, whatever. Um, and that's just like not the case. Like you can be both. You can do both. Like yeah. there is a way to kind of like find a flow that works for you. And that's all that being a business owner is, is like finding that flow, sticking to it. Yeah. And then like your customers are going to see that too. So it's, you know, that's kind of like, if you can strike that balance, I think then, you know, you're bound to succeed in business. But I yeah, striking that balance is the tough part, right? I think you <laughs> nailed it because kind of like how you're saying does it have to be that way? Like, do we have to do that? If you really think about it, like, what is the goal of business? Because the way a lot of corporations are run, the answer would be to make profit. But if you think about what business actually is supposed to be doing, it's providing goods and services that provide benefit to consumers and the society. And making money is how you get to do that and then keep doing that. Yeah, It's like it's fuel for you to keep providing a benefit to society and consumers and i think everyone's just kind of lost sight of that because these like giant corporations are so big and that is how they operate they do not put the consumer first they will say they do and they do not (laughs) and i think your brand is a perfect example of actually putting the consumer first and when you do that like the rest can happen and yeah i'm just excited to see where your brand goes Thank you. I appreciate that. It's like, yeah, you know, that's so refreshing to hear too from somebody else who's a business owner, because like a lot of times, you know, as consumers, before we even become business owners, you know, and we're strictly consumers, all we're thinking about is like, you know, um, and I mean, I would even argue this comes with age too, you know, it's just like, all we're thinking about is like having a product, right? Like in our hands as soon as possible. It's why the Amazons of the world, it's why the Sheehan's of the world, it's why 
you know, the nasty gals of the world are all so popular is because like they have this ability to bring a product to somebody really quickly. However, that doesn't mean that product's going to be great. It oh, it usually means the product will probably be kind of shitty, oh, you know. Right. So it's sort of like that's the trade-off that you have with corporations like that. Um, the trade-off you have with small businesses is that maybe you pay a higher price, but the quality of the product is better. You know, maybe you're waiting a little bit longer for shipping and paying for shipping, but you know that whatever comes to you is going to be packaged nicely. It's going to look good. It's going to be you know, a quality product that was sourced, you know, in the best way that it could have been. And, you know, those are the things that for me as a consumer now make a huge difference, you know, from prior to owning a business, especially owning a boutique. So it's, you know, for me, it's like, as, as long as the customer experience is good, I don't really care, like, what happens, you know. Um, and I think that a lot of a lot of my consumers and a lot of my customers have been so great in this kind of season of my life, because, I started this boutique in June and I get married in about 45 days oh, and like, I have had to take like a massive step back. So it was basically like I put all of my time and effort into it and front loaded it in June. And then it was sort of like from there, like July was like pretty heavy. And then August, September, I've just like completely kind of like taken a minute away mm -hmm. um, to kind of finalize like wedding plans and all of that. And there have been people who have, you know, been super um, excited for like the next drop and they're like, when is it? And blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I explained this to them and they're like, oh my God, totally makes sense. Like I'll circle back when it, when it happens. And that for me is like, that's how I know that there has been something that they've enjoyed about the experience being a consumer from, from me, you know, and that, and that to me means the world, you know, that, that there would be a consumer out there of mine who is like, yeah, you're going through a season where there's a lot going on. No worries. Like I'll circle back when, you know, when you're ready. Yeah. So that I think makes all the difference. And and to me that like that outdoes any form of like, you know, money or or success or fame or whatever you you want to attribute success to being, that outdoes all of that for me is making is just having that connection with with the consumers that I'm providing a product to. So yeah. so yeah, I, I just think, you know, the people who have been customers of mine so far are just like the tits. They're the best people. <laughs> I so, love it. Yeah. I love it. And I will definitely keep consuming. And like, I just, I love like highlighting. I think I'm going to start trying to do this more, like highlighting, like when it is a human, an actual decent human behind running a business, the things we all want to see happen in our society can happen. Like it is doing a good, like it has a, like a, what do they call it? Social, it has a social mission. It, it actually is true. They actually do have yeah. to stand by their values that they say. It just mm -hmm. has to be a human behind that business, not a soulless corporation on wall street absolutely yeah 100 percent. so speaking of soulless corporations on wall street um <laughs> so i have like a kind of ongoing joke that i didn't mean to like make an ongoing joke which is calling like terrible corporations that are pulling like total dick moves out in the yeah. open um i've been calling them chads because i was like it's like you know you're like douchebag boyfriend from high yeah. school like you know we all we all you know we're you did one about. yeah <laughs> So I've been, I just kept it going where I keep like highlighting like chat. I love that. So I'm curious because you said you wouldn't spend um, any more money on Nasty Gal. I, I honestly, ha I didn't even know about like the fast fashion issues until like kind of recently, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. But like what's yeah. up with Nasty Gal? Are they just like the others? So Nasty Gal, you know, I actually, I should disclose this. Like I don't mean to necessarily lump Nasty Gal in with like the Sheins yeah. or the Misguided or yeah. the Boo Boos of the world. Um, but, you know, 
And they actually, I will say, Nasty Gal, I went to their website recently and I was on the hunt for a very, very specific like article of clothing. And I was like, maybe Nasty Gal will have it. And they actually had increased their prices like a ton. Oh, I'm sure. So it makes me think that that actually is a good sign that maybe they are more mm. like trying to be more ethical in the way that they're sourcing their clothing or their pieces of shit and they're trying yeah. to learn I mean, the ladder. <laughs> yeah, the ladder. But, but yeah, so I actually recently discovered that when I went to their website. So, you know, for me, the whole like nasty gal thing was just from like spending this like, you know, 22 $20, $22, yeah. whatever on this gilded brand t-shirt. Yeah. And, you know, the profit margins on that are like stupid. 140,000%, yeah. you know, like stupid. a gilded brand t-shirt. like five cents. Yeah. yeah. So, so for me, that was sort of like the, you know, the inception of like, well, we're shopping at Nasty Gal again, you I know. Wouldn't, I will be pissed. I actually haven't shopped at Nasty Gal since yeah. that exact order. So, voting with your wallet. <laughs> so, yeah. So you have this episode. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm shed light on the misguided stuff because I, it's glorious. It's the perfect example of voting with your wallet. So, did you see, I think it was called a like gender gap ai bot on twitter on international women's day huh glorious Some, okay like okay. silicon valley software engineer that's a woman was like i'm gonna like write some code that basically goes through all the companies that post about international women's day and how much they support and care for women and in the uk companies have to submit very detailed level of information on pay so like a woman what, software my, engineer and a man software engineer mm -hmm. years of tenure, whatever. Right. It's publicly available. So you can oh. totally see if companies are pieces of shits. And so she just wrote this code that literally would respond to all these companies doing it and would say, this company provides uh, women like 10% less than men or like whatever. Misguided. So misguided, I guess, is a UK company. They did their whole like... <laughs> We support women. We love women. Da, da, da. Yeah, their whole thing. The AI bot. This company pays women forty percent less. Four zero. Whoa. Yeah. And like obviously, shit hits the fan. So I am ashamed to say, and ashamed to say of fashion, but I had like bought from Misguided for years actually. And when I saw that, yeah, when I saw that, I was like, no fucking way. Like I will never yeah. shop there again. And I didn't. <laughs> and so like. A handful of months later, I was just like, you know, I wonder if they're like, like, if I did that, I bet some other girls did too. And so I like yeah. pulled them literally out of business within like a handful of months. Honestly, Beautiful. though, like that's gorgeous. Yeah. Beautiful. That's I love that. I love that. Great story. So it's like, yeah, make my like heart flutter because I'm just like, oh, there are people in the world who do like value these yeah. things from companies and do value these attributes. Well, and that, it, like, like, of course, all the companies that were called out started deleting those posts. Like, don't say it if you don't mean it. Like, actions and words, right. people. Wow, but, I love that. Uh, but we're Amazing. happy to support businesses like you. So <laughs> oh, this kind of brings me to the concluding segment, the segment that literally no one asked for at all, but that I want to do. <laughs> I did. Uh, we have it, a lightning round, named after the same corporate event we all love and hate, depending on how cool your coworkers are and if it's free. You guessed it. It's happy hour. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> I love that. But here we go. Only four questions. Let's do it. Best job you ever had? Oh shit! Um, uh, teaching at Solid Core in New York City. Is that a, is that a fitness place? Yes. So that is a Pilates studio that's in New York. There's a ton of locations, but 
I just loved it so much. It was the best. I had the, a really good training manager there. Um, all of the girls I went to training with were super supportive. Um, yeah, it was the best. You're and you're like a fitness like Barbie. Like you're you're always like fit. I well, you're very kind. I used to be a fitness instructor for like seven years, and then um, just got so burnt out yeah. and quit and like dipped. And now I work in the tech industry, so like you know. <laughs> Weirder well, shit's happened before, but like, yeah, yeah, it's really strange. So it's great. The, a good manager seriously does like make the big, the big yeah. difference in it. How much? Yeah, John, hundred percent. So next, I don't know if you've ever done the age old exercise in corporate. Start, stop, continue, but oh, it's a thing. So we're doing yeah. start, stop, continue for things corporations should do. So what is one thing corporations should start doing? Um start paying women equally <laughs> let's start there <laughs> we don't have to build an ai bot like the really bottom of the barrel stuff yeah baby steps guys yeah what what should they stop doing aside from everything <laughs> yeah literally everything um i think corporations should stop requiring 40 hours a week it's stupid It'll that's work. one of those concepts it's like dumb. if you think about it like why concept that needs to be reevaluated it's irrelevant. Yeah. yeah. Like it doesn't matter. Totally. Agree. So, yeah. <laughs> and then finally, what should they continue doing? Continue just like a constant reevaluation of benefits. Like there yeah. should always be a consistent reevaluation of benefits. Probably like hopefully they're doing this quarterly. Um, they're not, but no. like, you know, maybe <laughs> or if they're going to cut them. <laughs> like, but um, the world's always changing. We always need new benefits. So, like, my company just did a, a reevaluation of benefits and um, now offer like, you know, fertility benefits, um, offer um, a stipend for if women need access to abortion, um, also offer like, you know, headspace and gym pass and like all the stuff like that. But I think that, you know, that kind of like consistent reevaluation of like, how can we better support a human being who's living on planet Earth today, rather than like, the you know, human beings that were living on planet Earth 40 years ago, like, how can we better support them? So yeah. but it's like, honestly, in their best interest, too, because this is one of those things that people will take a lower salary if the benefits in their like childcare is a perfect 100%. one. If you work at a place that provides childcare, and you make yeah. 18 grand less than you would somewhere else, like it nets out positive, you know? Oh, 100%. And like, like, corporations yeah. can get like tax benefits. It's in okay. everyone's best interest. And so yeah. need to start doing that. I mean, it's always in a company's best interest to keep their employees happy yeah. and healthy. That is something I am trying to kind of bridge with this podcast. It's like, it is just fucking business sense too. I'm a very yes. empathetic human, but there's the business side that just makes fucking sense yeah. financially. Yeah. Anyway. There's, um, there's actually, I saw this great post the other day from one of my favorite um, podcasters and like horoscope astrological women on, um, on Instagram. Her name's uh, Chani Nicholas okay. and her company is hiring right now for like a variety of roles. And um, a girl did like kind of a, this girl who works in HR um, on TikTok, like did kind of a walkthrough of like the benefits so her company um, does not pay anybody lower than 80K a year, which I think is amazing. Amazing. Um, they offer like unlimited PTO, the whole thing, you know, healthcare, vision, dental, obviously. Um, but they offer also unlimited um, unlimited menstrual leave for huh. people who have uteruses. Yeah. And I was like, 
that's amazing because I will tell you the first two days of my cycle are literally the absolute worst. And I'm like literally in bed. Um, so like, I was like, that's amazing. And then they also offer unlimited paid leave for um, gender-based violence. So like if you have a situation that happens to you and you need time off, they'll pay you for that time off. So I just think that's fascinating. That is an example of a company that's consistently reevaluating like their benefits and what they're offering to people and how, and that her company is like hugely profitable. Like they're, oh, they are the insane. best people working for you. Yeah. They're insanely successful. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, it, it, it literally does not surprise me one bit that like she has the best benefits for her employees because, you know, she's just always like looking how looking out at how to better support her employees, which I love. So companies should companies should do that. We'd so, love to see it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. More of a human element. Tell me about a time at work when you really felt seen and heard as a human being. Oh, yeah. I had an old boss um, who and I will also say this is like another really like one of the best jobs I had. We went to get coffee together one time and like we just talked about like, you know, basic like kind of human shit. You know, we were it was very much like did not feel like a boss employee kind of situation. It felt very like fluid and and lovely. And this boss in particular, she was one of the best bosses I ever had because she gave me such valuable advice at multiple different moments throughout my time at this company. And I will never forget like that day really connecting with her on like, you know, I had some trauma related anniversaries that were around that time. And she was so empathetic towards those. And she also gave me like a very valuable piece of business advice. She said one of the biggest parts about starting a business is just understanding how willing to take risks you are and how willing are you to fail when you take those risks. So yeah, I just always like appreciated her. And that was one of the best moments I think I've ever had in my like, quote unquote career, uh, because she was a human at that at that moment, you know, and she but in the process of being my boss also gave me like, super valuable advice along the time, you know, in tenure duration of my um, of my time working there. So I think that's what makes a really valuable leader in a company so totally you know. like this is obviously the first segment i if i were to guess like everyone that answers that it's gotta be about a boss or like someone an individual not a company like because yeah. I, I could think of like i worked at a company that was very like human centric and they even did like certain activities that kind of yeah. that but i still wouldn't say that because i think of other times where it was a boss saying like the littlest thing where i was yeah like, like that i will never forget for the rest of my life mm -hmm. yeah exactly and to wrap up this new segment, what's one thing, just one, that would make the American workplace better for humans? Mm, more women in seats of power. Totally. Um, I saw this like really great post on LinkedIn the other day that said, if you want things to get done, hire a mom. And I was like, Hell yeah. yes, 100%. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. But yeah, you know, I I think like empathetic women in power, I should preface that um i had a really like non-empathetic i've had plenty last, <laughs> zero like, emotional intelligence <laughs> so, yeah, i was gonna say like you know really empathetic uh women at the top like you know we do need more women who are running businesses we do need more women who are starting their own businesses we do need more women who are getting funding we do need more you know female founders all of the things like we need these women and any women to go out and and try their own hand at business because yeah. it's so far it's been you know statistically just you know straight Good white show. men who yeah. have gone out and yeah and started their own things 
and, you know, look at like where that's gotten us in terms of capitalism in America. You know, it's like the current state we're in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, look at where we're at. We've got to change something. So, yeah, I just I can't stress enough how like I think that, you know, yourself and, and myself included, I will always, if given the option, support a female owned business over a male owned business any day of the week. Totally. And it has nothing to do with the fact that I'm, you know, against men or anything like that, or like hate men. You know, obviously I'm marrying one, so like, you know, <laughs> like, but you know, it has nothing to do with that. But it does have to do with supporting a minority group, and like women are minority. They are, they are the people who have struggled, you know, in terms of gender. And so it's for me, you know, and especially if you can support a female who is a woman of color, like totally. you know, please do that. Um, but yeah, I think the more women we can get out there doing their own things and running their own businesses and hiring as many people as possible um, to be those empathetic leaders, then the better off we'll be. Completely agree. Well, that was it for the lightning round. I'm so excited to get this out to the world and hopefully have more people supporting like very ethical, great brands doing good things in the world. But before we end, how can people find you? How can they follow Fuck yeah. Girl? Like what can they do to support? Yeah. So you could find Fuck Girl on Instagram, FCK Girl Label on Instagram. Um, you can find me, uh, M Gelson, that's G-E-H-L-S-E-N. I'm on Instagram, I'm on TikTok, I'm on Twitter, I'm on literally everything because I'm a glutton. Um, and then fuckgirllabel.com is where you can shop. And we'll be dropping some new pieces to the website. There's a lot of good like fall stuff that's coming. So um, and then... Uh, yeah, going to be doing like a kind of like little bridal, a very small, like kind of bridal drop uh, soon as well. So, so yeah, I'm excited. Hell yeah. I'm so excited now. Well, thank you so much. Like you are the perfect person to be the first guest. And so I'm just glad that we could talk about it. Glad that people can now hopefully go shop yeah. your store and maybe we actually start making some monumental change in this country. Yeah. Oh, over thank time. you so much. I appreciate it. I can't say how grateful I am that you had me today. This was awesome.